0: Lose the Cape Podcast Episode 122. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Lose the Cape Podcast. Today we are celebrating Prematurity Awareness Month and on November 17th, which is tomorrow, it is Prematurity Awareness Day. In this episode, we're talking all about life in the NICU, what life was like, and a very special service project that one mama has taken on to bring comfort to mothers who have a baby in the neonatal intensive care unit born prematurely. So I hope you enjoy this episode. You can find all the show notes at LoseTheCape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 122. Enjoy the show. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to another Lose the Cape podcast where we interview busy modern moms, moms helping moms, and pretty much anyone who has a story of inspiration that they want to share or something good that they're doing um, for the community and for the world. Uh, to make it a better place. Today, we are going to be talking about a subject that is really near and dear to my heart, and that is support to NICU families. And the NICU, of course, is the neonatal intensive care unit. So where babies go that are born too soon or born with some type of an issue or birth defect. So we will be interviewing Erin Hollihan all about that. Let me tell you a little bit about Erin. So Erin lives with her family in New York State, and she She thrives on the fast pace that is associated with the area. She has a two and a half-year-old daughter and 10-month-old twin boys. For years she worked at an online fabric shop and so does a hobby. As her family has grown, her focus shifted, as we all know how that goes. Her former hobby has now developed into and grown into her business. She began a Hearts of Hope program, which gives parents a free fabric heart for their current NICU miracle which is just something really special. And we're super happy to have Erin here to talk with us today about her service and her business. So before we get into the interview, I want to um, just give you a brief message from our podcast sponsor, which is the Brick Wall Coach. So One of the biggest problems that we uh, face as small business owners is that we feel alone a lot. We feel super overwhelmed and we need some help and guidance. When you have your own business, you have to wear a lot of hats. As we know, you're trying to manage, you know, what you're producing and what you're doing and clients. And uh, on top of that, you have to do all the business stuff, right? But you don't have to do it alone. So somebody like the brick wall coach, whose passion is to see small business owners flourish, can really help you. The brick wall coach assists others to learn their potential and to help them balance their lives, work, home, and play. So if you want to create a work-life balance, set and obtain goals, tame your overwhelm, and improve your productivity, check out the brick wall coach and uh, get some help from her. You can find out more information at losethecape.com. Forward slash brick wall coach. Great. So, all right. Thank you so much, Erin, for being with us today. It's my pleasure. So let's talk about you. So I'm assuming with it was the twin baby boys that wound you up in the NICU.
1: Yes, yes. It was my youngest son, Alex. Uh huh. Um, They were born on Christmas Eve, actually last year. lucky you. (laughs) Yes. And I was very lucky to make it to one day under 37 weeks. I was like 36 weeks and six days. Uh Um, But Alex needed a little extra help with some breathing issues. So he was actually transferred to a different hospital than I was in because the hospital I was in didn't have a NICU.
0: Uh
1: Um, So that's what kind of sparked my interest in helping other NICU parents and giving them a little bit of self-control in like such a chaotic situation.
0: Yeah. How long did he wind up being there?
1: He was only there, it was a short period of time. It was only a handful of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the part, toughest part was just saying goodbye to him without actually getting a chance
0: to see them. Absolutely. That is hard. So one of the things that we are are, um, are bringing awareness to is November is prematurity awareness month and November 17th, which depending on how quickly I can get to my act together is either the day this is published or the day before this is published. Either way, we are bringing awareness through... Prematurity Awareness Day on November 17th. Um, So for those of you who know my story, we had twins 10 weeks early and they were sick with um, a syndrome called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. And uh, Catherine lived for two days in the NICU and then um, passed away. And then her twin sister spent 84 days in the NICU. But I can tell you that whether it's three days six hours my first child actually spent eight hours in the NICU or 84 days or even horrendous stories that i've heard of like 150 days with some of those babies that are born like really early at 23 and 24 weeks it doesn't matter how long your stay is like it's traumatic and it and it it leaves a huge impression on you and for most of us like we had no idea what NICU life was like before we spent that time, be it short or long, there w- would you say that's the truth, or 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 were you prepped for NICU time with <laughs> twins? No, I was not prepped at all. No, nobody. And there's is. really <laughs> nothing you can do. No, no, exactly. Well, and and you, uh, yeah. So, um, what made you? Okay, so I can just tell you, kind of from my experiences when I was there, that obviously as you go through something like that, you start to think about. Um, all the things that you can do to make life better or at least this is the way my brain works and obviously it's the way your brain works um but you know over the past few years i've seen things like people um creating butterflies for example to put on the crib of a twin who's lost a twin so that people in the around understand that this butterfly means please be sensitive there should be two babies, there's only one, that type of thing. So tell us about your hearts of hope and, and, um, and, and what they are and, and what you hope to accomplish with them. Yeah, they're small hearts. They
1: fit, they're about a little larger than the size of your hand, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the point of them is for the parents to be able to hold them close to their chest when they're not near their child, or maybe during chest to chest time, skin to skin time. Mm-hmm. And then they can leave that heart with their baby if they need to leave to go attend to other children or other life, because a lot of times parents can't spend every moment with their little one in the NICU. And that's, that's
0: a tough, that's a tough part. It's really tough. Um, I can recall there were several women, uh, several babies in the same hall as us and, um, and they had to go back to work like within days of their babies being born. It was the most gut-wrenching thing I think I've ever seen is to see some of these little babies that had visitors maybe once or twice a week or a couple hours here and there or only on the weekends because they had to drive in for hours from from wherever they lived to get to a specialty hospital like this. And a lot of them either didn't work for a company that offered sick pay or couldn't afford to take... Um, Unpaid leave through the Family Medical Leave Emergency Act, and like my eyes were really, really opened at a, to a social aspect when I saw this. So um, mm-hmm.
1: I know a lot of moms too sometimes wait to take their maternity till
0: when the babies come home. Right. Exactly. Too, so. Exactly. Because they know that the babies are, are in good care. And, and when they're born super young, you don't even know how long they're going to be there. So if you burn through your six weeks of maternity leave and they're still in the NICU, then you know that's, that's, not, that's not good either. Yeah. So for a lot of reasons, babies wind up needing a, a heart of hope. And I guess that's good because then they get kind of like a little dog. They get your smell. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's the main point is to kind of share your scent because that's such a big... Part of the bonding experience, especially if you're breastfeeding or even if you're not. Um, And then I kind of think a big part of it is just my hope that it will give the parents some sense of control, like they're doing something. Sometimes you feel like you can't, if you're not able to hold your baby, sometimes it makes you feel helpless.
0: Yeah. So this is like
1: a little bit of control they can, something they can do.
0: I love it. I would have loved one of those. Um, It was almost a full week before we could hold our our surviving twin, cause she was only a pound 10 ounces. So she was, while they were 30 weeks gestation, um, she was the size because she was growth restricted. She was the size of a 24, 25 weaker. So yeah, that was a long time waiting a long time waiting to get to hold that little bugaboo. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, what a, what a great project. I think it's funny when thinking about the NICU, like how many people who've never been through that experience, like, um, just some of the, the things that they don't think about. For example, um, I, I remember a friend saying to me when, <laughs> when, we, when I was finally able to leave the hospital, she was like, well, at least you'll be able to sleep through the night. And I was like, what, huh? I'm like, I have to get up every two hours, every two hours to pump. Because my milk needs to come in. She's so small; they can't even give her like like breast milk is the only option for her at this point. And I've got to pump for her, and I'm waking up every two hours because you know they're early, and we've gone through a trauma and all this stuff, and I can't get off the schedule or that milk's gonna stop immediately. And not only that, like I was constantly like I couldn't sleep because I was terrified that the phone was yes. gonna ring any minute. And it did ring a couple of nights, and those were the worst nights of my life, um, you know. So, yeah, no, mamas with babies in the NICU do not get to go home and sleep, even though their baby isn't waking them up <laughs> at night. It's just not happening. Um, have you come across any other, like, myths or things that either you believed or someone else has believed that you've heard since you've had a baby in the NICU?
1: Um, It's hard to pin one thing down exactly, but I feel like I – had no idea until I became a twin mom, and all of a sudden I was like opened up to this world it's like this club that you never want to be a part of or you never wish anybody was a part of right. um, I found a lot of people on like Facebook groups, and it's great to make connections, but all of a sudden, your news feed is flooded with like all these stories, and they're so heartfelt and that's when I started so i re- usually end up reaching out to those moms and letting them know about my program and mm-hmm.
0: because it's just like this club that you never want to wish anybody could be a part of right so if somebody wants to um, get these in their local NICU how how does that happen do you donate them do you send them to people do you do people pay what's what's the program look like
1: no payment um they just go on my website um hopefully we can like include a link, yep. I'll link in the show links. notes yep. um but it's basically my website slash hearts of hope and say and, that out
0: loud just for people who are listening oh. please
1: it's create custom critters. It's a little wacky. I think it's dot store mv slash hearts of hope. Okay. Um, <laughs> but hopefully it'll be in the show notes and yeah. Um, people either parents re- um request them or sometimes grandparents will request them, and I send them directly to the parents. Whatever mailing address you give me, I send it directly to them. It takes just a few days for the mail, and it costs nothing. It's just I cover the shipping under my business costs and it's just part of a
0: um like giving back. Service project that you do. That's yeah. awesome. Um how many hospitals are you currently shipping to right now? Do you know? Um well I've made over a hundred hearts and shipped them out, but it's all been to individuals.
1: Uh-huh. Like the individual parents I'll send it to or once in a while like somebody request it for a coworker and I'll send it to them. uh uh-huh. So I'm not sending them out in bulk, I'm sending them out. Usually, two at a time, because I get a lot of requests from twin parents, yeah, but I send them out just individually, and I like it that way because I can write like a little personalized note um I have a little spot on my website where they can kind of tell me more, so if it's a boy or girl, I can send something, or you know if they send they say they really like owls, I can try to do my best to accommodate that or whatever um and then it it allows me to write like a little personalized note, which I like, yeah, I was afraid if I um did it,
0: through the hospitals, I would lose that personalized touch in a way. Yeah. I understand that. At the same token though, like I like to do things, um, for October 15th, uh, infant and pregnancy loss awareness day. And I like to do things for like, um, right now with the prematurity awareness. And then also on December 12th, which is, um, the day that Catherine passed away, we have Catherine day where we do random acts of kindness. And I usually like to go by the hospital and take copies of our book and little tokens and things like that to give, um, we take memory boxes and stuff like that. But if you do like bulk orders, I'd love to take these with me the next time time we go (laughs) and be really, really nice to be able to give that to them. Cause I remember October a year from now. Uh, no, December, December, oh, December. Is on, when we're okay. so if that's too soon for this year, that's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it a plan for next December 12th or October. Um, but definitely a December 12th. Um, so anyway, like I just, I remember, um, just how nice it was because some days, I mean, my schedule was like, I had a four-year-old, a brand new four-year-old at home and, um, a brand new two-year-old who had turned two Well, she turned two, two weeks after the twins were born. So she had, I mean, wasn't even two yet um, when they were born. And um, I would get up in the morning, get them ready, take them to a babysitter's house, drop them off, go to the NICU, get to the NICU, depending on how long it took to get everything organized. Or if I had stuff that had to be done for the house, I mean, somebody still had to cook and clean and grocery shop and all those things so i would try and do that while they were with childcare. i'd go to the NICU and i'd sit there for hours i would pump a couple of times once we got to the point where i could hold her or try to nurse her uh we would do that i'd do kangaroo time um but largely I would just sit there and this was before, like I didn't even have a smartphone. So it wasn't like I could be hanging out on Facebook to entertain myself or whatever. So I loved it when people came in to visit and when people brought little Searces or, um, or, you know, donated things like that, it was just really made you feel, made me feel a lot less alone in that particular moment Mm -hmm. during that time where I was just like, it was, it was tough. I mean, I was dealing with, I had to pass every day. I had to pass, the spot where I held Catherine for the last time, you know? So it was, it was a tough, it was a tough time for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but um, you know, so things like that, they, I just really want to applaud you for doing that because you never know what family situations are and um, you know, they're, they're truly meaningful little, little things little, little, uh, tokens that show people that, that you care and that, and that you get that this is not an easy journey and, and all that kind of stuff. So.
1: Oh yeah. The little things are definitely the big things in the NICU for sure.
0: Absolutely. So your boys are almost one. How are they doing? Yes.
1: Oh, it's crazy. They're walking. <laughs> they're, they're out of control. Um, it's fun now though, cause they interact more with my daughter. Like yeah. She can make them laugh and tickle them and yeah. It's uh, crazy chaos, but it's hilarious. And your daughter is how old now? You, she's, she's not quite three. She'll oh be three goodness. in <laughs> February. So I had the same thing. I had three under two for like uh-huh. two months.
0: <sighs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's craziness. It is, that's a handful. I look back to those days and I think, I, don't, I can't even like recall most of what was happening because I was in such a fog all the time from just running everywhere after all these little people. But yeah, thank goodness Facebook became such a big thing. I know people are like, oh, you overpost. And I'm like, thank goodness I do, because I don't remember half of these things. So every time Facebook shows them to me as a reminder of four years ago, five years ago, whatever, I'm like, oh, wow, how cool. (laughs) that I don't remember that day. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this has definitely been like the fastest year of my whole life. Uh It's insane.
0: Take tons of pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, so... While you were in there for a short period of time, I'm sure you learned some key things about life in the NICU. Do you have anything that you would like to, to share with anybody who maybe has never spent time in the NICU? Or, Well, um, I actually have, have I... a unique situation because I didn't spend any
1: time in the NICU. It was um, my husband would go back and forth. I uh, had oh. a C-section in another hospital, so I was stuck there. Oh, wow. Life. Yeah, so... I didn't see, I kind of said goodbye to him without really seeing him because I was laying, oh. laying down in the hospital bed after a C-section and like they wheeled him in so I could say goodbye, but he's in this yeah. kind of bed above, right. raised right. bed, so I could just see the top of his head. Um, so I don't know much about being in the NICU. I know a whole lot about baby being in the NICU and not being able to be there. Yeah, that's Um, terrible. I
0: might have really went out to moms who weren't able to be there. I mean, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just held on to my other baby as much as possible. And luckily, I was able to keep one with me.
0: Um, I don't know what
1: I would have done if they took both of them. (laughs) That would have been
0: heart-wrenching. Well, yeah. Especially since you were at a different hospital and that's like, that's really difficult. I was very blessed because my, my babies were in the NICU at the hospital that where I was. So Mm -hmm. I was able to go up and down as, as much as possible. Those, and they kept me in an extra day, maybe even an extra two days, just because of how, it was just, it was an emergency C-section. I'd been on bed rest for five weeks. It was a bad in the hospital for five weeks and, you know, and the grief and trauma with everything. It was just not a typical situation by any means. So, um, but I was able to get up and go up and see them, um, you know, whenever I wanted to. I cannot even imagine being worried and stuck in a hospital. And that's the situation my sister-in-law faced, actually, where she delivered in her small hometown. They didn't have a NICU. So when he came early, um, he was actually fly- flighted to a different hospital. So she didn't see him for two days. And I'm just like, it's like horrible. It's yeah, horrible. you're.
1: it's like such a relief because on one hand, you know, he's could be worse. But on the other hand, you're kind of... It's such a weird place where you're grieving and then also you had such a great thing happen the right. birth of your children, but then you're right. also kind of grieving at the same time. So right. right. strange place to be.
0: Yeah, it's a tough situation. So, November, as we mentioned, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is Prematurity Awareness Month. And it's this is really an effort led by the March of Dimes, which if you're not familiar with the March of Dimes... Besides all the negative stuff that's out there, I really encourage you to look beyond that and actually take a look at the organization because... Um, I'm just going to use this as a moment to um, spout off here. I've learned a lot about the March of Dimes maternal health and infant health and neonatal care in the past few years. And one thing that is apparent is that um, the funding and the research that the March of Dimes does impacts every single person, whether you have a preterm baby or a baby with um, special with uh, birth defects or anything there, there, because of the March of Dimes, we have things like the... um, Uh, the surfactant so if, you, if it looks like you're in preterm labor or going to have the babies or your baby is born early, the lung surfactant that helps their little lungs develop faster. Um, they have the, uh, what's that god-awful stuff, the magnesium sulfate. That's the worst thing that a mother could ever go on, but really helps with brain development and lung development for preemie babies. But beyond that, for every normal baby, there's a whole list of, of screening that happens. It's called the newborn screening panel that happens when you're baby is born, these are directly related results of the March of Dimes and their efforts and their research and their advocacy. Um, Even things like the little pulse oximeter that goes on your baby's finger after birth that looks at their heart rate. And if they have a birth heart defect that would otherwise go unnoticed, it's identified right then and there, which is saving babies' lives all the time. So if you have the opportunity um, to donate to the March of Dimes for research and things like that, please know that they're that the organization is doing amazing things. My daughter would not be alive if it weren't because of the advances in neonatal care and in um, and in preterm baby research and care. Um, so you know that's that's the whole point of the NICU or the pre uh, preterm. Oh goodness what is it called? Prematurity Awareness Month and Prematurity Awareness Day is to, you know, um, I was in a situation where I'd had two full-term babies, two full-term normal pregnancies. The thought of a preterm birth never even crossed my mind. The thought of 12 weeks in the NICU definitely never crossed my mind. So it can happen to anybody. And, um, Yeah, if you're a mom, this is a topic that should be of interest to you on a political note with all the cuts to funding for research and um, children's health care initiatives. It should be a big, big issue to you across the board what's happening right now with the children's um, health care issues and what's going on with that. So stay informed, stay involved. That's my pitch. It's important. It impacts all of us. All right, Aaron. What else you got for us?
1: Um. Well, I guess just um. Hmm. <laughs>
0: you you don't have to have anything specific if you don't want to, especially after that long diatribe. I just. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so glad that both of your boys are healthy and doing well. I'm glad that your NICU time was short, especially since you were not able to actually even go visit your baby there. I'm especially glad that you have such a big heart that you're willing to do something to give to other people to help them during that difficult time. And, um, and we can't wait to share this. And um, I can't wait to see the hearts and to get some into my NICU where we can help local moms that are, dealing with all of this insanity. Yeah. That'd be
1: fantastic.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, again, I really appreciate you and your and your heart for service and your hearts of, do you call them hearts of comfort? I just, hearts of hope. Hearts, hearts of, of hope. hope. Even better. Hearts of hope. Thank you, Erin. Yes. Thank you.